Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? This is the Building Years. I'm Jeremiah Watkins, and you know what's kind of interesting about today is my buddy, my co-host, Justin Alexio, is actually not here with me. And another interesting thing is, is I don't have a guest here with me <laughs> in my house slash uh, studio where I record this. So it's just going to be me for the next 30 minutes. I've never done this before. Uh, I'm a little excited to try it. Also a little bit nervous. It's the first time in a while <laughs> whenever I started the podcast recording that my heart was racing a little bit. I was like, what is this? I'm actually uh, actually, actually getting a little nervous for this podcast. Justin and I have been doing this for almost the last couple of years, so it's, it's pretty chill at this point whenever we record. It's just kind of like a, a normal thing now. We're pretty comfortable. We're super comfortable with each other. Uh, uh, riffing and talking about our weeks and stuff like that. And we've gotten pretty, I think we've gotten pretty good at interviews and, uh, and just talking to guests, uh, and, and trying to make it interesting. So hopefully you guys like it. Email us at the building years at gmail.com or, uh, comment on the podcast or leave us some tweets. And we, we always like to reply or, uh, or, or read them on here unless they're spam. And then we, sometimes we even still read the spam. Because we were like, hey, it's a comment. I know we shouldn't encourage spam, but there you go. The reason why Justin isn't here, I can't actually fully tell you why, which is kind of exciting. Justin had to to, to sign a non-disclosure agreement where he's at right now. But what I can tell you is he flew to Texas for a movie callback. That's, a, that's about all I can... All I can say. So I'm, uh, I'm praying that that uh, Justin gets this because uh, it'd be a pretty big deal if he did. And uh, yeah, he, I, it, it's it's kind of interesting doing a podcast alone because you can kind of say certain things that you wouldn't be able to say when your co-host is around, I guess. So I really want to uh, actually just compliment my buddy Justin. For a little bit. I guess that'd be kind of weird if I'm like just complimenting him while he's around. If I'm just like, oh, you're, you're so great. You're so good. Because it just becomes like an awkward <laughs> conversation between two people and the other person gets kind of weirded out. But he's one of my best friends and uh, I really enjoy doing this podcast with him. And he's one of the hardest working dudes that I know. And I really think some good things are going to happen for him, uh, hopefully with this movie. But if not, something else will happen because he's persistent and he's talented and uh, he's just such a good friend. He's one of those friends that whenever you are in a, in a pinch, you can call him up and he'll be there for you. And hopefully I am, uh, he looks at me as, as that kind of friend because uh, he has done a lot for me over the years and I love that dude. He's a great guy. And anybody that listens to this podcast knows that. Uh, and if you know Justin outside of this podcast, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's that guy's awesome. He's going places. He's got a look. <laughs> I love it when people 
tell Justin and I that we have a look, which I guess is a compliment, but it also could just mean like you guys are kind of weird looking. <laughs> You've got a look about you. <laughs> you look different than other people. I guess that's that's a good thing out here because you don't want to blend in out here. And it's very easy to kind of blend in with the masses. You got to separate yourself, man. This just becomes like a weird inspirational <laughs> podcast. You got to separate yourself, dude. You got to you got to be different than the others to get noticed out here, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for him. I think some good stuff is is about to happen very soon. And uh for myself even I'm I'm starting to feel my gut. My gut's pretty pretty strong. Uh with knowing when certain things are going to happen or just my gauge on people in general. Pretty strong gut. I'm I would say I would go out on a limb. I'd say I'm 99% right whenever it comes to people. I may not be extremely book smart, I always say, but I do know people. And uh yeah, I, I think some uh, some fun exciting stuff uh, is going to happen. I uh, I want to talk about this very briefly. Well, in a second. But uh I just listened to uh this is something else. I just listened to uh, Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank episode um with Jonah Ray. Not even the not even the interview. Because uh, I was recommended by uh, Josh Martin and Jesus Trejo, they're like, you have to listen to his his intro. Just listen to his intro. It's just him talking for the first hour of the podcast. He he talks about at the end of his intro, he talks about you know his comedy dates and stuff coming up. But the focus of what he was talking about the first, I would say, fifty minutes or so, is his journey at the comedy store. And anybody who goes to the comedy store should definitely listen to that podcast. And even if you don't, it's a really good insight into how hard it can be at the comedy store to like he he talks about his his journey to becoming a paid regular at the comedy store and how many times he had to to showcase for Mitzi Shore and and how how all signs pointed to him not becoming a paid regular and being passed there but he stayed persistent and you know uh, by the end of the podcast he's he's saying all these great things that are going on in his life uh because he stuck with it and that was really cool because i'm i'm in i've been going through that the last uh few years it sounds like he had a, a really rough uh go with uh showcasing over there he said he started working there in uh 1999 and uh you know he's been in the game for 15 years i'm really happy that uh that ari shafir is having some some cool stuff happen for him and uh, i believe he announced october 29th at the comedy store he will be filming his next uh one hour special for comedy central which is just so cool so happy for that guy he's always been uh super super good to me uh as far as uh me bugging him to do my improvised stand-up show, stand-up on the spot. And uh, he, uh, I like that he likes doing the show, and he's given the show uh, shout-outs on his podcast, so I've always uh, been super appreciative of that. Uh, Robin Williams, I just want to touch on it just a little bit, guys. I know it's it's been, it's been everywhere. Robin Williams' death. I don't think Justin and I talked about it. I don't think it... I think, actually, whenever we 
did the podcast uh, whenever we recorded it last week. Uh, it hadn't happened yet, or we had just found out, so I don't think we covered it. But uh, Robin Williams was a big inspiration to me, of course, and uh, a lot of people. If you watch my comedy, there's definitely, you know, I'm inspired by uh, some of the stuff that Robin's, Robin Williams did, absolutely. Uh, how free he was on stage, uh, his ability to improvise with anybody. So cool. But uh, it really, uh, it actually, this is one of the first celebrity deaths, maybe ever, that actually really upset me. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I actually cried for the first time in a while. Uh, in the middle of the week, I just watched, I th- I got kind of addicted to watching these, these Robin Williams highlight videos and stuff of him over the, the years. Uh, Highlights not the right word. Uh, it sounds like sports. Just like tribute videos, memorial videos, documentary clips, movie clips. My girlfriend and I later in the week watched Dead Poet Society. We watched uh, Jumanji a little bit earlier in the week. He's just so such an in- influential comedian in uh, so many comedians' lives and uh, just just people all over the world that he brought joy to. So it really saddened me and. Uh, Kind of stirred up something else. Uh, I I I don't really um talk about this too much. I'll, I again I'll just briefly touch on. It. I had a, I had um a really good friend that uh, committed suicide um a few years back. It kind of stirred up that a little bit too with me because uh, both people uh, uh my friend that uh, that passed away she brought a lot of joy to people's lives and. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, obviously a lot more people knew him, so it's exponentially uh, on a much larger, grandiose scale. But uh, it was just a little bit hard to, to deal with that. Anytime somebody that, that you love um, and that's been good to you and you have you've fond memories with uh, passes away, and especially whenever they're taking their own life, it just hurts a little bit more. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about how, uh, or a big argument against suicide is how, how can you be that selfish? And I don't know if I quite look at it like that, because I, I think by the time they get to that point, and to the point where they're taking their life, they are in so much pain that they're obviously not thinking of their loved ones uh, in that way. I don't, I don't think it's quite selfish. I really don't want to talk about it too much. I don't want this podcast to be too serious. So far, it's been a pretty heartfelt podcast, guys. I've been talking about my bro, my buddy Justin. Um, uh, good things happening with Ari. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just want to touch upon Robin Williams. But of course, he will be missed. And uh, there's a lot of good tributes out there. Uh, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, Jimmy Fallon, they all had... Uh, great tributes in their own way. And even my buddy Jay Mandium, he posted a, a video on YouTube, um, a tribute to Robin Williams uh, with some old comedy store footage. And that was very cool. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, public uh, or not. I think the comedy store tweeted out the link recently on their Twitter. So check that out. But basically after uh, Justin and I recorded, we re- recorded uh, on Sunday last week. We usually don't do that, but I got in from Kansas. I flew back early to do a Jack in the Box callback on Monday, and Justin helped me move into my new place with my girlfriend Maya. Just 
Man, what a sweet guy for doing that. He helped me move three different times, which is insane. That uh, So I, <laughs> I told Justin, I'm like, dude, I got to give you <laughs> food or or something to help <laughs> for uh, for help help you help me with all the the, the, the stuff that you did with the moving because i over the years man i i've realized how weak i've become just as a human being like physically weak as i've become a comedian over the years like in high school, man, I was—I guess I was just because I was working out and active all the time. I'm super physical and active on stage, but that just does not translate to lifting dead weight. Whenever I was lifting boxes and stuff, I felt so freaking puny. I was like, "Man, this is this is a lot heavier than it looks." Wow. So I I uh, I said, Justin, we had planned on seeing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Quite a while ago, and I'm like, let's freaking do this. Let's make it happen. We uh, we went to the uh, we went to AMC late at night, late on Sunday night, like eleven o'clock or something for the showing. And I really, really wanted to like that movie, <laughs> but man, I could not get behind it. The turtles are pretty cool. They whenever they were on screen, I was like, all right, this is pretty fun. This is fun. But Megan Fox, I tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. I tried to be like, you know what? I'm going to give her a shot for her, her acting. She gets a lot of crap for her acting from the Transformer movies, whatever. She was just bad, man. She was just, oh, It was just rough. There was this one scene where she screams. She's screaming at the turtles, and she just goes, <gasps> Raphael! And it was just so bad. It was just, I, I started laughing out loud in the theater. Because it was just so not believable at all. I couldn't. Oh, and Splinter, dude, they made him he, like slimy. He was not a cute rat. Not that the the turtles were cute or <laughs> anything, but he was just he was wet. He was wet in every scene, to the point where I was I was like hitting Justin next to me and I was just like laughing. I'm like, this is crazy. He's disgusting. This is so gross. So definitely not worth the thirty bucks, but I had to I had to treat Justin somehow, you know, for helping me out so much <laughs> with the move. But uh we had a good time. It was more like I, I feel like a lot of movies, it doesn't really matter how good the movie is. It's really more about the going out and hanging out with your friend or significant other or a family member. It's just like the going out. And I and that's what I why I hope that that movie theaters never I mean, I think it's great, the digital age with everything, like how accessible everything is through through Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and, and, and everything instant. But the act of, there's something magical about going to a movie theater and just sitting down, maybe getting popcorn if you have enough money or nachos or something. But but I, I mean, I, so, I always sneak things in. I always sneak candy or... <laughs> pop in because I'm poor and that's just how my family did it back in the day. We always used to sneak stuff. We'd put stuff in my mom's purse. That's what purses are great for. Whenever you have ladies in your life, just going to the movie theaters, just putting putting soda pops in there, different chips, different candy. Oh, man. And then just, uh, I always think of the, the people who work at the movie theater whenever they see 
<laughs> pop cans and stuff left in the theater. It's like, ah, oh, dang it. They they brought, they snuck stuff in. They they sneaked. They sneaked it in. Or snuck. Whichever it is. But uh, we had a good time doing that. Justin and I had a good time doing that. And so I went to, so I flew back early, which I've never done. Uh, it was my sister's wedding last weekend. And uh, it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, I touched upon it in the last podcast. But I flew back early because I got a call back for a Jack in the Box commercial, which I, and, you know, it cost like 80 some bucks, which my Uncle Todd ended up uh, giving me money to help out with my trip. And that ended up, the money he gave me actually covered my plane ticket. So props to my Uncle Todd, who uh, who also listens to this podcast a lot. So I love you, Uncle Todd. Thank you for that. And uh, the callback went well. And I was very optimistic. I was like, oh, man, I hope I get put on a veil. It would be such a fairy tale ending. If I flew back early, I booked this callback, and I got this commercial. And it would you know, save me some pressure from rent. Really take some pressure off of me financially. Uh, ended up not happening, guys. But that's just part of the process out here. It's a numbers game. But what was interesting about the, the callback is that the director who directs all the commercials, it's the he is the voice of Jack for Jack in the Box. So it was actually really distracting <laughs> that he was giving me direction and different stuff like that. It's like it's I'm like, that's that's Jack from the Jack in the Box commercial. This is so weird. He's directing me in this thing right now. I don't know. But uh <laughs> and the casting I think everything's meant meant to happen. Everything's uh has a reason for happening. I uh I finally I met a guy who I I'd, I'd seen for quite a while at the comedy store. I think he's seen me perform a handful of times. I always saw him hanging out but uh, from across the patio at the comedy store. His name's uh Raul D. Lewis. And uh he was actually in the movie Cool Runnings. Classic movie with John Candy. Disney, oh so great. Jamaican Bobsled team, Olympics. He played junior in that. He's one of the main guys. He's uh, He plays the rich son that uh, the father doesn't want him to compete in the Olympics. So I guess he works in this casting or production office now. And he gave me just like this awesome recommendation to the casting people. He's like, oh, this guy's super funny. He's a, he's a, he's a great talent, super funny stand-up comedian. He like kept going on and on. The, the casting assistant was like, are you done yet? And he's like, yeah. And he just smiled at me, kind of gave me a wink like, yeah, man, I'm trying to help you out, trying to give you props here. And I was like, oh, that guy's awesome. So thanks to that guy. <laughs> uh, we we had met and we started talking. And we were like, yeah, uh, you know, we've never officially met, but we see each other at the comedy store. Good to see you, man, all that stuff. I uh, went to the comedy store uh, later that night on Monday. Oh, man, I got to speed up if uh, if I'm just on the Monday of <laughs> of last week. Maybe I'll run a little bit. This podcast, who knows, guys? We'll, we'll we'll see what's going on. But uh, I went to the comedy store later. Uh, I got up, and uh, and then I did this show in Venice. It was one of the worst shows I've done in a long time. It was just, <laughs> it was just a bad show. It was one of those shows where it was almost a hostile show, where not like a hostile show, but hostile, as in like a foreign hotel. There's so many foreign people that just did not speak English. And that's not their fault. They're just visiting and they happened upon a comedy show. So I can't expect them to be like, 
oh, this is so funny. Oh, I don't know <laughs> why they <laughs> would say that. Oh, this comedy show is so good. I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're so funny. You're going places. Have you ever auditioned for Saturday Night Live? I know a guy. Oh, I'll put you in touch. Yeah, it'll be so great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. It was quite the opposite of that. Had Australian hecklers. Oh, man. Just guys trying to out-funny you from the audience. Pretty annoying. Especially whenever it's like a small crowd. And you're just like, dude, really? Who are you showing off for? There's nobody in here for you to... Yeah, you've got one or two buddies with you. But is that... (laughs) Like, what's the point? It's not even... The payoff, there's not even a huge payoff for heckling somebody and being like, I'm the funny one here. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, I'm going to heckle the American on stage. He's clearly struggling. Looks like he's sweating. What's going on up there? Oh, I love to see a American squirm. Oh, it's just the best. I like going on vacations and seeing American squirm on stage. You know, just crush their dreams. Oh, that's what I love to do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Australia and tell all my, my mates about this. It'd be so great. I wonder if that's like what <laughs> was the internal monologue with what was going on inside their brain. But I did that, and then I went back to the comedy store. And the comedy store is, I love that place. It's, it's, I've, I've talked about it so much on here. It's my home club, and it's got this weird effect on me that I haven't been able to master yet. I don't know if that's the right. I It's so hard for, that place sucks me in. Like, I will think that I will be going at a certain time. I'm like, yeah, you know, get, oh, okay, I'll get there like 9.30. Yeah, I'll be by like 11.30. Oh, 12 at the latest. And then before I know it, it's 2 or 2.30 there. And I'm just, man, where did the time go? I mean, sometimes it's much longer whenever you're waiting to go up. It's Other times it's just... You're just talking, you're making the rounds, you're going around the comedy store. You're like circling. This is so crazy about that place. Is you can you make you, you literally make the rounds. You can go, you walk up the patio, you go through the original room, you walk down the back stairs of the original room, you see what's going on in the belly room, main room, you go through the kitchen, you pop back out on the back patio, then you go back out to the front. And there's just so many different cool comedians and friends that you're running into along the way that you you got to talk to. And then before you know it, the place is closed. And uh, then you're outside, and sometimes you're... I've been out there till like 4 a.m. just talking with Tony Hinchcliffe and and Matt Edgars and a couple couple of the other guys who who like to stay late. Willie Hunter, Earl sticks around late. Just a great group of guys. So I did that Venice show, then went back to the comedy store and hung out there till clothes and uh yeah it just sucks you in that's what i was (laughs) trying to say i guess on tuesday august 12th i i did the roast battle uh as part of the wave i always do uh the wave with jamar neighbors and that's so funny with that show i get more compliments on that show specifically than a lot of the shows that i do around town and we don't do material or anything we're just doing we're just acting a fool being stupid, doing act outs uh, with props, different stuff like that. And uh, people seem to like it, and I, I have a lot of fun doing it. But uh, Pat Reagan and I, we uh, we did our Sad Puppy song there right before the roast battle, and it uh, 
it 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 killed it. I was I was I was pretty surprised. Uh, this is the first time I, we've done it where it, like it killed. Like you got multiple applause breaks throughout, and it just felt good to do something else. And I played my saxophone there, and that got a weird, really good response. I guess people like to see whenever you can do other random things outside of uh of comedy, and it's comedic just because like who plays a saxophone in a in a comedy song? Pretty random, but uh, that did really well. The roast battle, uh, it was it was a little bit weaker, uh, just not a, not as fun. Um, uh, like the pops and uh, Jamar had to do a set downstairs, so it's never as fun whenever it uh, whenever I'm not there with Jamar because uh, he and I have uh, just a really good comedic chemistry. We get uh, we were told by uh, by Willie Hunter. And uh, and Tony Hinchcliffe that that we have like this this uh, Gene Wilder Richard Pryor type connection just like this just it's like this it's like putting two batteries together they said which I uh, that's a nice compliment <laughs> and uh, Wednesday I I uh, had an audition and it went really well. And I, I just super. I didn't care about it, and I and that that's the thing I'd hear. It's so funny. The things whenever I don't care about stuff, whenever I don't like put too much, pour too much energy into it, or focus too much on it. Those are the things that go the best with comedy shows, with acting, even with like relationships. Whenever you're just like chill, and you're meeting new people, and you're making new life connections, whatever. If you're just relaxed and chill, that goes so far, and you're not worried and uptight man that just goes so far whenever you because then then people are like oh this guy's chill this guy's cool yeah he yeah let's have him do this show let's have him do this part let's uh let's have him be my boyfriend <laughs> you I, I think it's super important out here and it's something that i'm still working on uh in certain audition rooms is not making a big deal out of these bigger auditions because i'm at a place now, excuse me, where I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm with a, a better manager now, or uh, even a manager in general, and he's been getting me out there way more, and uh, I'm starting to go on a little bit better auditions in front of like real casting directors who actually cast network shows and movies and stuff, and I'm still working on just trying to not make a a huge like you know blow things out of proportion, make it a monumental deal like. If I don't get this, this is this is the last audition I'll ever get. Oh no, it's not like that. There will be more. So I'm trying to work on just playing it cool, man. I think it's super super important out here. Just be be able to and know when to play it cool. There's been a, an odd amount of advice <laughs> on this on this solo podcast, or just maybe stuff that I've just learned. Maybe not so much advice, just stuff that I've learned that I think is important to share with uh the people that listen to this podcast or or fellow comedians cuz obviously I'm I'm not where I want to be uh professionally or on an income level but I've learned a lot and I'm getting at least closer so I'm very optimistic with stuff that's going on uh Wednesday uh as I was talking about later that night we were uh supposed to uh me and uh, a few few other guys uh, Quincy Jones booked a uh a show that was going to bring together old 
friends and uh, comedians from the Bruco days, uh, the Westwood Brewing Company. Big, uh, a big part of of our our comedy journey. The first uh, few years that we were into stand up, but uh, it's no longer a business. It's like a Joe's Crab Shack now in Westwood, right by UCLA. But we spent a lot of a lot of good nights over there, and that's basically where I learned to do crowd work is at Westwood Brewing Company because you'd have all these college kids that would be in a room and it was just one of those things where at the comedy store, it's I was trying to more like showcase there. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'd riff and do crowd work occasionally, but I would kind of just... Uh, I'd try to, to stick to uh, the bits for a little bit. But, but then... Um, after I got comfortable, uh, like I guess Bruco, Bruco, I, I started going uh, maybe even before the comedy store. I don't remember, but at the comedy store, then is just one of those things where whenever I went up, I could kind of do whatever I wanted because I had that confidence. I'd gain confidence every week by doing those Bruco Friday night spots and having full rooms of college kids. And uh, uh, I was a twenty-one and up bar, so you'd have people in their mid twenties, late twenties, whatever. They were hanging out to watch the shows there, and you just gain so much confidence after these sets you'd be like oh man i'm getting good now i can go up there it, with with nothing and still kill and that's that's a great feeling which uh some comedians have it where they can riff really well like that and they can improvise and other comedians just like to stick to their stuff uh more but it's always very comforting to me that if my material's not working i have the tool to at least know how to improvise or riff on stage and have a good time. And uh, Bruco helped out a lot with that. But uh, Wednesday, we were supposed to do like a Bruco reunion show at the Lexington downtown, but they double booked the space and we were all bummed, man. We all were going to hang out and then we were going to go to Denny's afterwards because that's where we would go late night on Wednesdays late night on Fridays after Bruco, because there was also uh, a mic there on Wednesday, and then Friday was more like the booked spots. Wednesday was called The Gauntlet. Christopher Edwards and Gil Garibaldo hosted that, both uh, a couple of my best friends. And Friday, Gil ran it and would do it more like a booked show. But we were supposed to have this reunion show, and uh, it didn't happen. And we were all bummed, and because we Quincy told me, he's like, man, keep the night open. We're going to go to Denny's afterwards. So as soon as it got canceled the next day, I uh, I reached out to the guys. I'm like, I vote we still go to Denny's at least, because I already I already put a hole in my schedule for for that show, and then it didn't happen. So uh, just because of the 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 venue double booked it, but then we went to Denny's and it was awesome. Uh, Jeff Amaral went, Christopher Edwards, uh, Sam J uh, stopped by, Stuart Thompson, John McCarthy, Omar Nava. Gil Garibaldo and Peter Banchowski made plans within <laughs> within the however many hours of us finding out before the show. Like they posted eleven o'clock the night before the show, and that morning they had made plans for something else, so they weren't able to come. And I was like, "How did you guys make plans that fast?" I was like, "Come on, how did you?" <sighs> All right, okay, not a big deal, not a big deal. So uh, the rest of us we had a really good time. We missed those guys, of course. But, uh, yeah, it was just like, it, uh, in a lot of books, whenever they talk about the, the comedy boom, 
and the the comedy store and the improv and everything in the eighties, uh, how huge it was. Everybody used to go to Cantor's after on Fairfax after shows and everything, and it, you know split meals and stuff. Denny's is our Cantor's, and uh, we would always go to Denny's after after shows and everything. It was just there's something magical about going to a late night place that serves food where you're with your buddies and you're just riffing, you're having fun. There's just so many jokes that are going on and everybody's just trying to 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 top each other and it makes you funnier. It just makes you funnier as a comedian whenever it's that friendly competition of who's going to have the next line that breaks up this whole table, just cracks everybody up and just is killing. Who's going to do that? And then there, it's like the king. It's like uh, the king of the hill type gang game, where you're just like you're you're trying to to to, to top every person with these jokes, and it just goes on for for hours. We'd stay there for hours, just eating this is this like subpar food, but it never mattered. I always got like the two dollar biscuits and gravy. I'd always do that. Some weeks I'd be too 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 broke to to even get the two dollar biscuit. And gravy, because I'd be trying to save money uh, whenever I'd go there. And Gil Garibaldo, he would notice sometimes, and he'd sometimes cover me. He'd be like, I got you, man. That dude, another good dude. I could spend a whole podcast talking about how how amazing that dude is, uh, who just looks out for people, just a good guy, and that I wish success for. Oh, my goodness. That guy's amazing. It's super funny, super talented, good father. Yeah, but so we we did this uh this I guess this Bruca reunion Denny's dinner and it was like eight o'clock on a Wednesday and we had so much freaking fun and hopefully we're gonna try to make a thing out of that because as things go on like in in life in your comedy career whenever a routine gets broken it's hardest to keep seeing certain friends and uh, those guys. Um, I I mean we we stay in touch and, and we still hang out and everything, but it's definitely it definitely becomes harder whenever you don't have like a set thing like oh Wednesdays and Fridays I just see those guys you just have to go out of your way a little bit and I think that that's the difference between being uh, decent friends with somebody and being like good friends with somebody is you make the effort <laughs> on both ends to try to see the other person and hang out with them Thursday. August 14th. Wow, I'm already running way over. This is going to be a longer one. Justin's going to be like, what did you talk about for that long? I'd be like, man, I just, you know, talk about life lessons and I just, you know, talk like a crazy person inside my apartment for for a while. But uh, it's uh, very cathartic, very, very strange. I see why Bill Burr is able to do these every Monday, I guess. I guess I get it. I guess I, I see how it's it's possible. That guy's getting so good. It's so crazy to see certain comedians that you have seen for years, but you're like slowly seeing the making of a legend. Like Bill Burr and Louis C.K., I think of our era of comedy, they're going to go down as the guys. Like when people look back, like how we look back at like like Pryor and Carlin and and some of those guys, 
and uh like of of that comedy era i think i mean i th- i i truly believe that 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 burr and uh ck are going to be a couple of those guys we'll see but i mean they're just they keep they keep outdoing themselves it's crazy but uh i went down to san diego with with pat reagan on on thursday he got us a gig at uh this place called uh, the Whistle Stop Bar and Grill in uh, uh, like a little bit outside in San Diego, but not like in the busy part, if that makes sense. Not like the the I think it's called the Gas Lamp District. Not in that part. A little bit outside of there, and uh, we did this show where we had a good time, but it was one of those shows that just was not worth the drive if that makes sense like we had a great time but to go to down to san diego for one show that's a lot it better be a really freaking good show i i mean at least at least this point like for how long i've been doing comedy maybe like maybe three months in or whatever like yeah you you're excited to do any show and you don't care how good or bad it is you're just doing it for the experience but i'm at a point now where i'm like uh, let's step up the quality just a, just a little bit. I don't think I'm asking too much here, but uh, Pat Reagan and I went down to San Diego, and we left around like five forty-five, and then we got back around two a.m. So it was like an eight-hour round trip for one show. So we go down there, and uh, it's a fun like late-night talk show type show. It's it's like this uh I would say it's a pretty alty show. It's like if if Nerd Melt was at a bar. It's like that kind of clientele. Like there's a bar and it was like alty. So they were pretty reserved and it was a light audience, so they were pretty just not they weren't like getting into the show and both Pat and I kind of need people to be vibing with our stuff to to really I mean we still will give them everything we got but we're both those type of comedians that we we need a response uh, I mean for music you need people to act like they're interested in what you're singing and what you're you're talking about to to continue on but we both had a good time the 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 guy who hosted he's like a late night host he did this crowd work for like a minute and then he said, you guys ready for your warm-up comic? Never a good sign, guys. Whenever you're labeled the warm-up comic. I mean, I guess that's what I was, but, man, just whenever you're labeled a warm-up comic, that's how people are going to look at you as soon as you as soon as soon you come out. Like, they're not giving you the benefit of the doubt. Like, like they're not they're not going to trust in you. Like, oh, this is we got to tune into this. Nobody has ever been like, have you seen this warm-up comic? Wow. I don't think so, at least. But I mean, uh, but speaking of that, there's a couple warm-up comics there. Well, that's what they're labeled for, uh, for shows. Brody Stevens and Don Barris. They're technically warm-up audiences. Uh, Don Barris does uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, he's been the warm-up guy for years, and then Brody's done Chelsea Lately, and he's done all these other uh, shows, and they're both amazing comedians. So. There's exceptions, but I, I for the most part, like for normal comedy shows that aren't studio audiences, you basically don't want to be labeled as the warm-up comic. 
that's just not something that you want to be attached to. So I come out and I pretty much had the cold open because, you know, he did a minute of crowd work and then he brought me up. So I did 15 minutes. I, I riffed for most of it, did crowd work and different stuff. Cause I felt like that's what the room needed. And I did ended up doing several bits. Um, some of them went okay. I, I mainly riffed and, the end of uh towards the end of of the show there's this guy the whole show that was bugging me because he was sitting sideways so he wasn't fully committing to the show he wasn't like looking straight ahead at me he had his body i was looking at his profile basically and he would just just like his head turning and this like bugged me i really wanted him to just fully give his attention and commit to the show and I just kept joking about it and riffing about it throughout my set. And something came over me where I just I started acting like this preacher that was trying to get him to commit to the show. And I just started doing this this outlandish like preacher voice, this super high energy, just like, Can I get you to the front of the room? I said, Can I get you to the front of the room? And he's just looking at me, just blankly. Just looking at me. Like giving me nothing, and I and I. Whenever people do that, I just turn it up a thousand decibels. I just go for it. There's no, no old bar, whatever that expression is. <laughs> I just freaking commit, and I just I like I'm determined to get this guy to sit at the front of the room because the first two rows of fold-out chairs are empty. There's nobody sitting in them. So I keep saying, I cannot get you to the front of the room. Keep doing that. He's giving me nothing. Can I get you to the front of the room? Can I? Like, so forth. It went on for almost a couple of minutes. I start standing on the folding chairs. I start, like, jumping up and down. The folding chairs, while I'm, like, on top of one of the folding chairs, one of them collapses underneath me. And I freaking eat it. And it got a huge response out of this crowd. The biggest response of my whole set. And I and I I actually did not mean to do this fall. But what I did after that was I, I while I was trying to get up, I kept falling down into the other chairs and knocking them over to make it appear like the whole thing was staged and planned. Genius, right guys? Physical comedy. <laughs> Who would have thought of that? <laughs> and then this guy, after all of that, like um, I, I keep riffing, and after I do all these falls, I'm after, and I finally give him one more. Can I get you to the front of the room? <sighs> okay. Yeah! I just was so happy, and it just brought this crazy amount of energy into the room. The, like the crowd was so happy that, that that guy agreed to finally do it after giving me nothing for minutes. And that's how I closed my set. I was like, that's my time. And that whole experience, just like that, that, that closing riff was worth the drive down for me. It was just so crazy. But I, I got a knot on the back of my head from falling. A chair hit me in the back of the head whenever I fell. And it's the first time I've gotten a knot on my head from a pratfall in like a long time. And I was like rubbing it and one girl's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I did this all off stage. You can never let, whenever you're falling down on stage, 
You can never let the audience know that you're hurt. Otherwise, it's not funny. I mean, those America's Funniest Home videos are funny whenever you're seeing people like get hit in the balls and stuff. But when people, whenever it's like a live performance, people start worrying about you. They start worrying about your health and if you're okay. So you can't, you just can't do that. But then Pat Reagan and I closed with Sad Puppy and it did really well. And uh, I had brought my saxophone down. And uh, yeah, I've just been really happy with how well that song has been doing. And we might record like a music video for it or maybe we'll post it online somewhere. I'll let you guys know if we do. But uh, then on the way back, he uh, and I got milkshakes at McDonald's and I drove back and it was uh, it was a fun trip. Got to know him really well. We have uh, very similar upbringings with uh, certain religion stuff. He was, he was uh, raised Catholic uh, and I was raised uh, more uh, Protestant Christian. But uh, very similar things uh, with religion and stuff that, well, that's what's great about road trips and doing the road with comics is you just get to know somebody so well whenever you're just driving with them for a couple hours. And uh, the same way uh, whenever I did the road with uh, Greg Santos uh, last month, went down to San Diego with him, got to know him better. He's such a, a cool guy. Uh, super funny, too. Him, him and Billy Bonnell. Uh, you should check out their, their sketch group, Tunguska or Tunguska Yacht Club on YouTube. They've got some, some viral videos and stuff like that. Super funny guys. I, uh, on Friday, August 15th, we're getting close guys. Friday, August 15th, did Thunder Pussy, did, uh, did a fun show, uh, with that. Tiffany Haddish, we had her on again and an audience member convinced her to queef on stage and I brought the house down and, yeah, if you're into that, you can check that out. <laughs> I love how that's what I'm blogging about Thunder Pussy. I had a girl in there that queefed. That did really well. So uh, check out that episode once uh, that's uh, uploaded to the internet. But no, it was a good show. And uh, and uh, good podcast. And it, it was fun. I had a good time. And then went to the comedy store after that. Uh, Saturday, August 16th. Justin and I went in for another comedic duo audition for, for Target, and it went pretty well, went pretty well, and we, uh, we'll we see if we get a callback. I'll find out actually today, which I haven't gotten a uh, an email or text, so it's starting to look like we're not going to call back. That's okay, though. Uh, and... For this uh this uh this movie that Justin's doing later, I helped him edit together a sizzle reel of him playing baseball because it's a baseball movie. I think that's uh, literally all I can say about the movie. I think that's actually all I know. I don't know the title or the director or anything. So I edited together a uh, a sizzle reel for him later. Um, well, my uh, my girlfriend and I had a housewarming party. Had a few people over. Had some people that we hadn't seen in a while, and uh, it was just good to to catch up with some people and. Uh, have a little bit of a shindig at our new place. And it's actually a, a great place to entertain people. There's a there's enough space for people to sit and not feel crammed, I think. So that's that's exciting, I guess. And later that night I had a show in the belly room. 
And I had to go first after uh, the host. They like to put the development spots at the comedy store very early in the show, get them out of the way. <laughs> Tried some new stuff. Didn't kill, did not kill. But I, whenever I do just strictly material and I'm not, I feel like I'm not as pr- present as I should be with an audience, I feel like I never have as good a sense as then whenever I'm just like, I'm doing whatever I feel. I'm riffing whenever I want to. I'm doing material when I want to. Those are my best sense. But uh, it was still a good time. And then, uh, yeah, man, uh, Sunday, August 17th, did a, this is like a, almost a journal entry, uh, this, this specific podcast episode. Went to, uh, met with a publicist for uh, Stand Up on the Spot. She might be able to help us out, me and Brian Woods. Uh, he's the co-producer of the show. And, uh, yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. Then I did uh, an agency, a commercial agency picnic. Never been to one of these before. And it was uh, actually a lot of fun. I brought my girlfriend and uh, we met uh, some nice new people, saw my commercial agents, and found out that a couple people are with them that I didn't even know. Blake Hogue, who we've had on the podcast, is with them. Uh, Tommy Bechtold is also with them, and Justin Alexio which uh, both were not there because they were out of town or something or they couldn't make it. But it was a good time. And later that night, I had my improvised stand-up show. It was a lighter audience, but I felt like I did a really good job of trying to be as positive as possible about it. I did this thing where there's a there's music musical equipment, music equipment right behind me, and uh, I had a guy who was a drummer who did rim shots for me with cheesy improvised jokes, and I actually had... A lot of fun doing that. And then, uh, yeah, yesterday I was at the comedy store and got up, had a great great set. Willie Hunter put me up. I was uh, appreciative of that. And then um, I stayed for late night and I did my schizo impression, uh, which is this. There's a guy at the comedy store, for those of you who don't know, who uh, goes by the name Schizophrenic Surfer. He's part of Don Barris' Ding Dong Show. I do an impression of him. And we do this thing that Don does as a schizo off. And we did it late night, and he had a bunch of people that were there for his uh, his ding dong show that flew in uh, f- and drove from all over to uh, to to be a part of the Windy City Heat sequel that they filmed uh, uh, this weekend, and uh, they were all in the audience, and and so I was playing schizo, and they all know who schizo is, so it it, it did really well. It was a lot of fun, and Don did a bunch of vines with us and stuff like that, and. That was one of those things. I got to the comedy store at eight fifteen last night, and I left at two thirty. That's that's what I mean by time just goes away. It just vanishes because there's so much, so many cool people there, just so many weird things that are going on, so many rooms. Yeah, the place is great. And now, now we're now we're uh, back to to Tuesday, where when this podcast is coming out, and uh, you know. I think that's uh, about going to to wrap up uh, this podcast. A lot happened last week, um, I feel like. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, listening to this podcast of of just me. It wasn't, you know, wasn't crazy funny or anything like that. But uh, I think we had some good times. I think we had some... I, I definitely uh, it was able to say some stuff on the podcast that... Uh, 
I wanted to uh, give some shout outs to some good, funny people. So I was happy about that. And uh, yeah, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll uh, do a quick, quick, I'll do a quick, I'll do a quick, real quick. Do a quick, uh, brief outro of uh, what I got going on this week. Just check out uh, JeremiahWatkins.tv. I'll be at the comedy store at some point. Um, I need money, so I think I'll be doing a. <laughs> A local commercial for uh, somebody in Ventura, or and not a local commercial. It's a live event where I'm going to play a character for this live event. Waiting to hear back if I for those booking details and got some exciting uh, updates that I'm going to tell you on some future podcasts. I'm going to be uh, doing some really cool festivals coming up that I can't quite announce, but I recently found out that I've been invited um, to do. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing those details uh, with you guys. Check out um, Justin Alexio on Twitter, at Justin Alexio. I'm at Jeremiah Standup. And, uh, yeah, reach out to us. We always like uh, to, uh, to reach back out to you guys or read your emails, whatever. And also check out deathsquad.tv There's a, uh, or uh, Death Squad on iTunes. That's uh, where Thunder Pussy is and where... I do a lot of podcasts with those guys. Brian Redband uh, does a lot of great things for the podcast and comedy world. I owe that guy a lot. Uh, super funny. And, uh, yeah, I hope to uh, to see you guys soon. And this happened last night, and then uh, I'll seriously shut up. I went to uh, the comedy store while I was there, as I said. I had somebody that came up to me and asked me if I was in a... A Dungeons and Dragons uh, music video, and I just looked at that guy so stunned, and I was like, "Yeah, I was." And that that music video this is a YouTube video, and it went semi-viral. It now has like three hundred and sixty or seventy thousand views or something like that. That video was four years ago, and I had a guy. I was just on the patio of the comedy store, and he just comes up to me and recognizes me from that I was just like this is insane guys it's already begun <laughs> <No>. <laughs> guys guys who knows what's gonna come after this man I'm getting recognized from YouTube videos from four years ago if that's the formula you know every four years it's gonna take for for the stuff that I make four years from now I'm gonna reap the benefits so there's a formula for that so Thank you guys for listening to The Building Years. Stay positive. Stay happy. Uh, if you're in The Building Years like Justin and I are with your uh, careers or your life, stick with it. Be a good person. And uh, be nice to people. And uh, I truly believe that good things will come your way. And, uh, oh, yeah, be talented, too. Love you guys. Thanks.